So we're rolling now? Is oh, we're rolling. Okay. Is poetry dead? That's the question. Welcome to the Hello Calgary podcast. This Thank is you. your prophet Esau, and I'm here with. Uh, I don't know what you want to go by there, uh, I, Mr. Man. Used to go by Easy Evan. Ooh, nice. It's kind Easy of Evan on the right, and uh, infectious. Are you just like? I don't know if I like the connotations of that nickname anymore. <laughs> Infectious, <laughs> given the current climate. Yeah. Um, although I guess they weren't great when the nickname originated, anyway, because it was based on my initials TB. Because you're BA. That's right. Yeah, damn right. <laughs> All right, you BAMF. It's time to hear a poem. Is that right? You got something queued up here? Yeah. Well, earlier we were talking about the poetry and voice competition. And some of the poems that were on there, and I thought I'd read something from Stuart Ross that's on the website. It's called, I Have Something to Tell You. I have something to tell you. I've come to talk to you about shaving cuts. I was waiting across the road, right over there, for the light to turn. And you were on the other side, fumbling with change at the newspaper box, don't buy this one, buy this one, I said, pointing to identical newspapers. Look here, I cut myself shaving. And both my hands are cameras. Do you think that's why I can't hold a razor? My feet, too, are cameras. And my belly, made round by beer, that's a camera, too. A big camera. Each of my eyes, their cameras. They work good in the dark, and my mouth, well, it's not a camera, but when it opens, out comes my tongue. An actual camera. Some people have cameras mounted on each shoulder, but each of my shoulders is a camera. Or each are a camera, grammar not being my strong suit, and speaking of suits, look what I'd done to this one this morning. I was shaving. Dad said, shave before you get dressed, right after you shower, while your face is soft. But always the rebel. I showered, got dressed, then shaved. And look what I've done to my suit. Of course, it's hard holding razors, no matter how soft your face is, when your hands are cameras. Have I told you about my hands? <laughs> That's me applauding with one hand. Thank sorry. you. That was uh, a poem by Stuart, uh, Stuart Ross. I will not applaud that. <laughs> um, no matter how many times I hear that poem, I don't like it. Tell us, like, why? What is it missing for you? It seems too obvious to be strange. It seems like it's going out of its way to be, um, to be strange. I do like the poetry, for instance, of, like, Frank O'Hara, who writes in a similar manner, very train of thought, right? Very spontaneous. However, this one is Stuart Ross is trying to make some kind of, like metaphor about 
mechanality in our society, mech mechanistic mechanality. I think he's lazily. I mean, like it just seems too. It seems like oh, my hands are cameras. My belly is a camera my eyes are cameras yeah. like are we just all consumed by the idea of being watched or or mechanics or I think it's lazily constant. absurd yeah it, it, and to the point that it's trying to be absurd I don't like that you know what I liked about it Tyler Perry reading it I guess that that's exactly what it was uh, you know I was kind of taken by the whole poem but now that you mention it the content of it is pretty it's devoid it's it was, a garbage poem I was really sold on the reading <laughs> The reading was great. The poem is garbage. And that's why we brought, yeah, exactly, the man of the hour in. Welcome to the Hello Calgary podcast. And this is where I played the theme, right? Oh, yeah. Hello Calgary. Is that the theme? No. Uh, I have the my own theme song. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I didn't want to steal that thing. That's, we talked about it in a previous episode. That's episode one. Oh. Check mm-hmm. it out. I have to go back and Here on Podbean. I was actually <laughs> very surprised to know that essentially every city has that song is that <sighs> is that i mean we don't need to rehash old episodes but i did learn a lot from that like even it was like a hell of Australian. i don't know what the uh, show is but there was a whole podcast episode dedicated to this song that uh, was sold across the uh, american midwest i believe wow. and all the way down to australia where uh yeah it was hello melbourne uh Hello, and stylistically, Melbourne. when you get to Australia, it changed. Uh, I think it's the most fascinating thing. When I when I watch the videos of Australia, everyone looks at the camera. Kind of like in the old days when cameras first came out and everyone looked at them. Yeah. But in North America, we had gotten used to this. So now, uh-huh. when you're just like, hello, Calgary, it's like us running marathons, ignoring the camera. Australia, paying attention to the camera. And that's just like the poem I just read. The camera. Your eyes are is cameras. It trying to, yeah. Your hands are cameras. The camera is ubiquitous. So have we gotten to the point where we just ignore the camera? Well, I think that's what I said when I said everything was mechanistic. <laughs> that's basically the point I made okay. earlier. I do like your use of the word ubiquitous, however. Thank you. I use that as well. Oh, our food's here. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're just going to take a pause here. Hello, humans, and welcome the Hello Calgary podcast, Freedom of Voice. And we're back. So you were saying something about STIs? Just saying I think the STI infection rate is going to skyrocket Mm. the minute COVID restrictions are lifted because we've been locked up for two years. I think everyone's going to be like a Neanderthal. Just, oh. Yeah, I think you're right. You're right. That is a statistic to watch. Absolutely. Uh, boys are enjoying some uh, Village YYC. My mm-hmm. Village YYC. Never had this. This is apparently in my neighborhood. Me either. It is um, gluten-free, which is good because if you believe that you're a celiac, like some people do, yeah, it works. Um, it works at what? Not irritating your bowels? Yes, I'm going to not have tummy issues tonight. So, Do you believe yourself a celiac? I do not identify as celiac, no. How do you like the crust? I probably should have gone with the $3 extra super keto crust. <laughs> really? Do you think that would have made it better? better? Should have added gluten, maybe. Because I think the lack of gluten is the lack of flavor. <laughs> is it good? It's decent. I think it's yeah. delicious, yeah. yeah. I love it. 
Yeah, but you're skewed. You've been eating all this stuff. You've drank the Kool-Aid. Now everything tastes <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. That he way. To, he has to say it's good because it's gluten-free. Like if he says it's not good, then he's not a real celiac, right? It's like talking to BMW about sugar. Well, you know who I'm talking about with BMW, mm. right? Yeah, that guy. He loves his sugar, and then talking about like artificial sweeteners and stuff. He was just like, no, not even close. And then he like. You know, mm-hmm. dealing with diabetes. I don't know if you heard, but yeah, yeah dealing with diabetes. Uh, you? No, no, no. BMW. 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 Oh. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Way back in the day, still working when you were around. Remember when, like, every day, lots of tatties. You would just oh. eat like all these coke and candy. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. But now can't eat sugar. Mm. But he offered me coke. Like no, but he wants to see you eat sugar, mm. which oh, is wants, the weirdest thing. He it's wants like, me to become. <laughs> no, I don't want you to get what he's got. It would be tragic. But he does want you to enjoy the things he can't enjoy. That'd be like me showing up with a bunch of Tim Hortons donuts, mm. yes. right? Because yeah. I can't eat the gluten. Hundred percent. But you want everyone else. But you're too. like, come on, enjoy the gluten. Yeah. <laughs> would you do that? No, fuck that. <laughs> to heck with that. I mean, you could. I'm a grown up, and I have a grown up <laughs> podcast. Welcome to the Hell Calgary podcast. Can we swear on this thing? You can swear, poop, <laughs> shoot crap. Well, while we're talking about crap, we're drinking a uh, a wine called Colossal Reserva. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. Just one of the worst it's things. Shit. It's kind of like apothic <laughs> red, except yeah, it's colossal. Like I think pretends to be good. That's the other part that we kind of forgot about. Uh, this is actually a wine tasting uh, in. In process. So we started out with, uh, what was that called? I don't actually have the oh, accent. Let's go back. A Mary. A Mary. We started off with a uh, A Mary, mm-hmm. Eric Gile, um, 2018, Prado de France, um, which was actually quite delightful. That was good. Um, French? V- French, of course. Of course. Yeah. Of course. And we're working our way up to the the Jackson Triggs. <clears throat> Where's that from? Australia? Canada? Oh, that's BC. BC. I think but I Jackson got it from... Triggs is BC. It's, he probably got it out of an alley that he found on his way here. Yeah, actually... Sold two for one from a homeless guy. It was just deal. outside of Bonas. <laughs> a liquor store called... Um, <laughs> Lemon? I think it was called Lemon. Okay. And uh, these bottles of wine were six ninety nine each. That's the way I roll, baby. So, so when I don't we decide to have a a bi-yearly fire and wine get-together yeah. slash podcast, <laughs> you get the $6 yeah. beer or uh, wine. Yeah, I guess I did. I don't even tell you what I spent on this Emery. It doesn't matter. It wasn't well. for you anyway, but <laughs> the point is... You'll be happy to know that the Colossal regularly retails for $18.99. Well, I shouldn't. I know, and that's Fucking why I bought it, it for twelve ninety nine. Uh, kind of curious as to uh, why, and now we've uh, discovered that it's in the same class as what'd you call it? Shit. No, yeah. Well, it is in <laughs> oh, the shit apothic, class. Apothic. apothic. It's very similar to apothic. So where's this even from? Like it doesn't know the name of the co- oh, Portugal. That's why. How about you stick to make me a fucking port? Yeah, it tastes like port. You know what? Could be why it's sweet. It actually yeah. could be why it's sweet, but this sticker. Yeah, yeah, wine yeah. enthusiasts are like meant wine to trick enthusiasts. people into buying. It's like, yeah. oh, a wine enthusiast or a wine enthusiast gave me. it points. Yeah, I'd have something to say about wine. What do I know, man? Oh, I'm I, not a wine guy. I like to consider myself a wine and beer guy, and a spirits kind of guy. 
And a spirits guy. That's what I do, yeah. <laughs> Gotta have some kind of talent, right? Some people are good at poetry. Yeah. Some people are good at drinking. I'm one of those. <laughs> You're good at poetry, too. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank All you. Right. What was your nickname for this podcast? Infectious, wasn't Infectious. it? Infectious. Thank Infectious. you, Infectious. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Here on episode seven. Is poetry dead? Stay cool, young man. I'd like to introduce you to my two guests, Infectious. He's a... Easy E. A well-renowned um, a poet here in uh, Cowtown, right? Here in North Texas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and right to my right, we have the scurvy English, third pirate, wine-swilling poetry pirate. You know, Shakespeare is also from England, but you went with the other references yeah, as well. Yeah, I went with the other reference. reference. Whatever. Shakespeare. <laughs> That's good, yeah. Who You're never right? going to teach it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That was like a weird because low blow. I don't know. Like low blow to... Like you were never going to make it to high school. You were just going to oh, stay Oh, like I want to go to high school. Hey, maybe one day I'll go to... <laughs> oh, you can be as good as uh, Infectious someday. Maybe never. you'll step up. You know maybe that I place up. Infectious is like up here in terms of like teaching. Like he's the number one. And then... Don't we all? And then there's a number two and then there's me. So... But I'll never reach number <laughs> Thank one. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> At two, I appreciate your compliment. And I just want to kind of introduce you to everything that I had kind of planned for you guys. Uh, this was originally planned during uh, Tyler's, or sorry. Infectiouses. Now I got to do a bunch of editing. Crap. <laughs> first names only. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, t first names are fine. Um, uh, at the book launch, that's where this all came about. And, that's right. Uh, kind of got me thinking about, during that whole celebration, uh, Sure felt alive at the time, but to me, poetry is dead. Do you mean the first fire and wine? Yeah, the first fire and wine. Sounds like a book for... Uh, so the book launch, you mean when we just drank wine in your backyard till 3 a.m.? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was the one. I was actually the best book launch we ever had. It always ends up with me like blackout, <laughs> but that was a good one. We didn't have a professional day the next day, did we? We did. Mm -hmm. Oh, tradition. I yeah, love tradition. We, sure we rolled in smelling like campfire. And remorse, regret. <laughs> all I, all I remember, was sweating remorse. All yes. I remember was just looking at the clock in your house, and I was like, "Shit, infectious! It's 3 a.m. We gotta go. Like, we literally have to go to work in four hours. For fuck's sake!" And that was we were recreating our book launch experience from 2016, right? So, for those of you listening, infectious is released. Three books of poetry, um, which you can catch at a any bookstore in Calgary. Not under the name Infectious, of course. You'll have to hit up the creator of the podcast to find out who the actual creator is. But he has released three books of poetry, and he always has a release party for them. Usually You're always welcome to like advertise for yourself here on this uh, podcast. Thank I just you. like to maintain your uh, anonymity. Anonymity, like I'm just. Mm -hmm. uh, Concerned. I, I don't. I think in this cancel culture, I've become hyper aware mm -hmm. and hyper concerned. I, mean, I don't want people to know who I am. No. Yeah. No, you're just. What was your name? Easy E. Yeah. Easy Evan. That's Easy Evan. That's, That's right. what you said. I did say Easy Evan. Yeah. I know a lot. That was of my Evan, high school so. nickname. That's the beauty of it. There's I wish so I could have lived up to it. Mm. Um, yeah. But I will give a shout out to Shelf Life Books right now, who mm -hmm. always puts on a great. Um, Launch party, and I would challenge them. I would challenge them to say like, "Hey, why don't you uh, pull up one of these books called Belly Full of Rocks? Why don't you pull that book? Lessons in Falling? Why not? 
Mm -hmm. Pull those. And Possibly see if they can wrong out, answers. Uh, who the author is? Because just say you caught me on the radio. Whatever the heck yeah. this is, this is definitely worth it. Definitely worth it. Yeah, definitely worth it. Belly full of rocks. That's the one. <laughs> That's yeah. the one for me. That's the yeah. one you like. You like <laughs> belly full yeah, of rocks? That's the one I like. I'm. I think I'm a big lessons of falling pan. The OG. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, the it's, OG it's, is great. For me, it's the most raw of all of Infectious's works. But I do like all the fairy tales. I just like. <laughs> I don't know. The image of belly full of rocks just kind of sticks with me. <laughs> for those of you wondering, belly full of rocks. I like how I'm saying, for those of you wondering, like people are actually listening to this. Um, for those of you listening. I like to take the pressure off. That's why I don't advertise. You, um, belly full of rocks was a collection of poems written as kind of a... No, well, in fact, you should explain it. It had to do with like mm -hmm. sort of inverted fairy tales or looking at fairy tales from a different sort of angle. Yeah. I'll let the poet actually tell it. Well, it has to do with fairy tale characters dealing with the trauma of their original fairy tale. Because all of those stories are traumatizing, if you think about it, right? It started with the three bears and how in the version of the t fairy tale when Goldilocks gets away, they had like someone broke broke and entered into their home they had a home invasion and the person was never caught right so i figured well what's that going to leave them with a sense of fear right of a little girl vengeance yes. yeah yeah so like people buy guns yeah or why bears eat people or they're hungry Shit, he just made it real. Know you. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> you watch Grizzly Man? <laughs> that guy. All he did he was love. Known better. All he did mm -hmm. was love bears, and then got eaten by a bear, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was hanging out with bears he didn't know. He was just like, hey, bear. He got you're new to the place. I'm the power of the bears. And this bear was just like, I'm a bear. And I eat humans like you <laughs> for breakfast. He overstepped, like, he overstepped his it. boundaries. He yeah. did. Right? Yeah. He built a relationship with the other bears. That bear that ate him, he had no relationship with, and he yeah. thought he did. He thought he had a connection, and he didn't. It's like thinking that, actually. He, he really did have a connection with those other bears. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was also, like, crazy into his film. Like, yeah. When you watch the world that he had in his head and what he kind of envisioned, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Good movie. Yeah. Great movie. Have you seen that? Disturbing. Nope. Oh, I used yeah. to work at a video store, though, and I remember seeing, like, explicitly Grizzly Man... Yeah. Yeah. Whoa, that's like recent too. That's like no, you were not. working at a video store, like <laughs> the last last blockbuster. Like were you Rogers Video, my man? Oh, <laughs> you're a Rogers mm -hmm. man. Let me tell you, that place was a was a fucking castle on a cloud. That was the greatest place. It was like a fucking '90s movie, all all in the women six years I worked there. You, well, I wish. Yeah. No, I, I wish. I can we do Can we do one of these podcasts <laughs> on like working at Rogers Video one day? Mm-hmm. I would love the that. death of the. Do you have the connection? Death Can of you the get physical. Is there yeah, a Rogers me. left? There's no, no, they're Rogers. all gone. It's dead. There's one blockbuster left there in is, yeah. the states, wherever Idaho did you or. Watch the, did you no, watch the doc? No. no, I want to. Yeah, I watched the preview. That was enough for me. I watched the preview. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I get the idea. I got the gist. Mm -hmm. There's one left. Yep. You know, and there's nostalgia, and then slowly, actually, I've watched all the numbers and watched them like disappear. 
I miss the days. I miss going to the to get a physical product. Going to Roger's video. Mm -hmm. Everything at your fingertips maybe isn't so great. No, man, because like you, you go to like Netflix and you get these like recommendations for like historical or crime or things you might like, but it's only a small slice. You can't actually see what's available to you. The great thing about going to a movie store, a video store, was like you walk the aisles, you can touch, you can see. <laughs> like honestly, mm -hmm. I remember having to like yeah. every every Tuesday the movies would come out. I had to redo the shelves. I had to like find a way to fit like you know. 50 titles of a film on a shelf you had to rearrange everything and like did you have to ditch certain titles and how did you yeah well you were well you're like which one sometimes did it you was, get to decide yeah whoever did the wall that day it's called doing the wall nice. yeah so you were in charge no well who, anyone could have done it but some days i did it. i'm like yeah i'll do the wall like i mean sometimes if there was like a hey, did you put like a sticker that said evan's picks no no never never that because I, I would like evan's picks. Yeah. i would never do that because we're a we're a team it's roger's pick <laughs> right? This was, you understand, this was the utilitarian castle on a cloud. But that's for another time. That is definitely, we can do a whole podcast around my working at Roger's wow. Video and why a video I store no was idea. amazing. Oh, loved it. Hmm. Learned a lot today I, already. Actually, I dream most about teaching, and then second most about working at Roger's Video. Wow. I have dreams about working at Roger's Video still, yeah. Wow. Um, and that was like 15 years ago. Stop. More? Stop. <laughs> just your eight. Yeah, no, it, it was about 15 years ago, yeah. That um, you just make me feel my age now. Yeah, exactly. Well, you're younger than me. Extrapolate what he said for was the on stars, the shelves I guess. at the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, but just by saying you worked at Roger's Video, that it right ages there. Me, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, both. I found my high school yearbook recently in my old house. 1999-2000, I was in grade 10. That hurts. I was just looking, and it just—it actually filled me with a sense of like, "Holy fuck, I'm gonna die right quick!" Like, sense of anxiety really just built up in me. Like, my chest got heavy. And I was like, "This yeah. was like." You don't think uh, twenty will save years ago? Mm -hmm. And I wish I could go. I just want to go back in time now and do it all over again. That's uh, the worst part. Do it properly. It what if you could uh, slow down the process of aging no, right now? Like, you know. Just stop the end the gray hairs or I no wanna, hairs, the oh, loss of hairs, I don't, I don't all that hair. stuff. Uh, for though you yeah. can't see What if see it started growing people? back? What if it started coming back? I uh, had to shave my head because male pattern baldness is it's a real thing. It happens. Shaved it. Power move. <laughs> like celiac disease. It's Are like you... celiac disease on your scalp. Okay. I'll admit to male pattern bald. Okay, fine. I'll admit celiac exists if you admit male pattern baldness exists. Okay. All right, done. What are you guys both done. compensating for? What, what's going on here? Well, I'm compensating for a lack of hair. Me, it's gluten. Lack of gluten. Yeah, so oh, any other questions you have for us there? <laughs> I do. So <laughs> so the I topic is actually a, poetry, oh, right? The questions yeah. are uh, poetry-based, and I just had a question about the relevance of poetry in 2021 and moving forward. Like, I say it's dead, because what is modern poetry? Mm -hmm. And I mean, if you're going to include things like lyrics, I draw a line. Yeah. That's not poetry. I mean, poetry, reading it without music to back it up and make it awesome. Do you know what I mean? Without all the hype, mm -hmm. poetry by itself, who's doing it? What do and you mean? tell me three poets that I need to hear, like, right now. Like, three people that I'd be like, that's Bukowski, and that's Shakespeare. <laughs> do you want living? Living poets? Or living. just... Living. I mean, like, now. Like, making okay. poetry now. And, yeah. Okay. Well, you know better than I would. Actually, 
Yeah, I can think of a few. Yeah. Um, one book that just came out last week. I'm not going to mention my own book. I was going to say, I was <laughs> on the book. Well, don't week. do that because no. I'm yeah. going to. Oh, thank you. Mention you later. Appreciate when you, that. When you give your three, I'll give my three. <laughs> okay. So, Micheline Mailer just published a book of poetry okay. from the University of Alberta Press called The Bad Wife. And it's solid. It is a good book of poetry. I have it here. Are you selling it to us here? No. Why did you read something from well, it? Can you read something? I brought it because she's launching this book tonight. Oh, on Zoom. It's the launch I was mentioning. Oh, is that the podcast yeah. we're watching later? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's yeah. a live launch. And so here it is. Okay. Okay. And uh, yeah. She married? So, y- yes. Yes. Sorry. Just curious. Yes. So, but the book is about her. Well, but okay. So the book is about a, a, a book of poetry about divorce. Yeah. Um, yeah, but what really, to me, what is immortal about this, because we're talking about death and poetry, right, is that she really taps into the core of human relationships. Can you give us an example? Yeah. And don't sell it with your voice this time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I want to judge this on the merits of the content. I just want to say... To be less awesome. Okay. I hate doing anything with infectious because his voice is commanding domineering like yeah, I, I mean he could he could mesmerizing and then suddenly you're just like oh absolutely yeah. he could read money. like the jim crow laws and make them sound good you know what i mean like he i hate this <laughs> <laughs> okay let me find one no don't find one oh, open it random so, okay i'm here i'm here at one whatever you grabbed i saw it or grabbed you before. So I assume you take care of any of the copyright issues. No. Okay. <laughs> totally irresponsible. Just <laughs> like a record of conversations. Copyright issues. Okay. Well, Jesus. You're oh, doing this from memory, right? So this is. Hmm. Um, okay, Might just turn into a big we'll censor bleep. A I don't know. <laughs> here we go. Okay. Um. Oh boy. Okay, so here we go, here we go. It's called Scrapbook. And I just opened randomly to this page. Like I was flipping. We're bringing it, I got it. I was flipping and uh, E, easy E. Yes. That's uh, me, the prophet Esau, that's me. That's right. (laughs) It's not biblical, it's just my NBA 2K name. It It is biblical, okay. Scrapbook. I cut our sex life out of memory for the scrapbook. The results were mediocre. (laughs) Like all sex. You can't be as hype, man. I prefer the corner where I collaged the green convertible onto the back country road on that September evening. I must have been drunk. I remember rummaging the glove box for a map or income taxes or an oracle. An ace of swords for cutting clean. You disappear from my dreams one woken sunflake at a time. I kill you with my forgetting. It's our best shot at taking each other for granted one last time. I'm going to stop there. We'll just consider that a quote. There is one more stanza, but 
but I'll leave it. I, I thought that was a good little snippet. So, yeah. That I, go ahead. I was gonna say I wish uh, I could hear someone else read it. That snippet. Okay. Yeah, okay. Just okay. because it's actually not about the snippet; it's about the reading of it. True. Uh, okay, we'll return. There's a line. Okay. Very brilliant. It's pretty good. Well, as Evan's looking at it. But I mean, I'm kind of biased. I'm kind of biased because your voice is kind of leading. Thank you. I don't know if it's the voice or the content. I think it's the content <laughs> this time. I get the feeling. Well, the content is definitely strong. It's clever. Yeah. Well, also the idea of, and I think this totally fits into our our conversation, the theme of our conversation, and that's the death of poetry, right? And the idea that we can kill something by forgetting it. Isn't that what the line says, Evan? The end of the second stanza? Or it's kind of a prose poem, so maybe the second paragraph. It's our best shot at taking each other for granted one last time. Okay, the line before that? Sorry, could you just oh. reread what he read? I can't remember it. And I want to hear a different take, and I want to know if it's the content or the reader. It's the reader. I think it's the reader. I cut our sex life out of memory for the scrapbook. The results were mediocre. I prefer the corner where I collaged the green convertible onto the back country road on that September evening. I must have been drunk. I remember rummaging the glove box for a map or income taxes or an oracle, an ace of swords for cutting clean. You disappear from my dreams one woken sunflake at a time. I kill you with my forgetting. It's our best shot at taking each other for granted one last time. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Um. I kill you with my forgetting. I think that could be the the tagline for this episode. I kill you with my forgetting. If poetry wasn't dead, it would totally be a great tagline. Yeah. <laughs> you know. The whole premise is that poetry's not dead, and we'll prove it mm -hmm. through the course of no. I mean, like, if poetry were a thing, and and I I gotta say, like, these are great. This is a great reading, regardless of who read it. That was like not hate. Yeah. I would love to say poetry is alive and well. Yours is good. Is yours a bottle screw top? Yeah. Oh, for Christ's sake. Would you like to smell the bottle? Is yeah. the wine cork dead? <laughs> We've gone from French to Portuguese, and now Infectious is drinking straight from the bottle <laughs> of a screw top. So... I was going to pour it. I'm going to fill your... Well, I've already got some shitty Portuguese <laughs> wine here. Yeah, drink the Portuguese, <laughs> and then we're going to make our way back, right? <laughs> oh boy, yeah. To the liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> well, he brought Actually, lots Actually, there's Rioja from Spain's all right. This brought, is for the Did table. you open the Rioja? No, okay. I kept it. You yeah. want to know why? Because you knew it'd be good. Because it's better. And you want to know who did that? Deb. No, JC, brother. JC kept the good wine for later. JC. Who's JC? Oh, like VJC? VJC. VJC! We are getting biblical. Right? It's true. What the fuck? Jesus kept Christ? The, he kept the good wine well, for yeah. later. He didn't He New didn't just Testament. serve up the garbage. No. Later, when mm. everyone was trashed, he kept the good stuff for when everyone was trashed. Mm. Which is an interesting take on say? how to approach this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. My bad. Um, <laughs> for those of you who are listening, Evan just threw the book of poetry just, over his shoulder. I didn't mean to, though. I went to <laughs> hold it up emphatically. I was going to say something very nice. I actually really liked that poem. Mm. Um, it, it's train of thought. It's the kind of prose poetry that I really enjoy. Um, and maybe the reason, thanks, 
that I like it more than um, Ross Atkins. Stuart Ross. Stuart Ross, my bad. Ross Atkins made the Atkins <laughs> diet. Um, maybe the reason I liked it He's also dead, right? Yeah, they all dead. Yeah. The reason I liked it more than Stuart Ross is because it had, I think, you know what? Poetry needs to be personal. That's what makes it meaningful. It's that great paradox of writing, right? The more specific you are, mm -hmm. the more um, understood your writing is, right? So when Stuart Ross is writing about cameras being hands, you're wondering, is this some kind of great big metaphor about technology in our society and always being watched in whatever it is, right? But this, this, this speaks to the heart. I don't even know Michelin Mailer, but I would vouch for this... Uh, this book of poetry. Well, full disclosure, she's a Calgarian poet. She was my editor on my most recent book of poetry. Amazing experience working with her. Okay. Yeah. So that's one. Yes. Oh, you wanted more? No, I want all three, man. I wanted uh, three examples of Did you bring books? poetry because I didn't even think that well, it existed. Okay. Before, to be quite honest. Before no. unless um, you had like an infectious album. Brings all his books out because he's done uh, lots of like research. I thought you might want I this was, as a reference. Of I'm not going to say I was going to mention it. Yeah. Can I? Can I? Did mention you bring it? it? I didn't. No, I didn't bring it. But I brought uh, it for you. Oh, you're the man. Uh. <laughs> oh. All right. So Infectious just pulled out here. My favorite poet of oh, definitely twenty uh, 21st century for sure. Um, he pulled out a book. Uh, poetry book, Night Sky with Exit Wounds by Ocean Vong, um, who is definitely my favorite, my favorite poet of the moment. Where's Ocean Vong from? Ocean Vong is originally from Vietnam. He okay. is a Vietnamese, well, uh, he's a Vietnamese immigrant, for sure. Yep. Um, his parents were both Vietnamese. He moved to Connecticut, I believe, when he was very young. Um, and a lot of his poetry, the reason I like his poetry, and the reason I'm so glad Infectious brought it, is because it deals with personal experience. It deals with what it means to be Vietnamese, homosexual, an immigrant in a white society. And a lot of his poems are simply about, like, belonging and figuring out, like, who Ocean Vong is. Why did you start reading Ocean Vong? Where did you hear about this? You know what? I'll be completely honest. I first read Ocean Vong on the Poetry and Voice website. Mm -hmm. And it was a poem called Obad with Burning City. And Obad is basically just a love song, traditionally used to sing to someone after you spend the night together. Um, but I liked the poem because of the way it utilized sort of mixed media. Because the song is meant to have Bing Crosby's White Christmas play through the entire poem because the whole poem set against the backdrop of the evacuation of Saigon during the Vietnamese War where that song was the code word for all the Americans to start packing up and relieving so the poem White Chris or the song White Christmas plays throughout the city of Saigon as it's being burnt as it's being um, like left empty as the tanks are rolling through for everyone to leave and you really get that juxtaposition of like, you know, White Christmas, this like, as American of American songs as you can get, right? Contrasted with this experience that is, you know, uniquely Vietnamese, but orchestrated by Americans themselves. I mean, it's kind of ironic that White Christmas is playing in this song, 
when there's a war between like America and Vietnam. Like mm-hmm. it's they, just they uh, considered the psychological ramifications of uh, <laughs> playing that song at the ending. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> what a horrible thing to have as a soundtrack to your life. Oh, I know because yeah. it's it's a song right. that's full of like wistfulness and reminiscence and and you're gonna hear it once a year if you you know what I mean you step yeah. foot in North America everyone yeah. who's gonna hear that yeah oh it's awful yeah it's all part of the irony of the human experience I think which is one thing that I think good poetry almost always taps into it's irony. So what you guys have demonstrated to me more than anything is the value of poetry. It seems really valuable. Like uh, what you're what you're speaking to. The two examples you've given to me uh, show absolute value. But what I don't see is um, anyone who's aware of it, hmm. because if you're not part of it, you don't hear about it. And it's like one of those many like you know fringe niche things that exist in this world that really. I don't know. Okay, I want really to start because I think Infectious has a different take. He's obviously more into it or involved than I am. But I don't think poetry is dead at all. It's, it is the most living of all um, literary formats oh, that exist. Like if it, you didn't teach it, if you didn't have anything to do with it, where would it enter your life? If you look at the way poetry is created, if you look at, I mean, for instance, this thing called found poetry is a legitimatized form of poetry writing where you can find poetry in the entire world. Like, it exists in the world, and you find it. Well, I and don't find it typically. Well, like go I... to Austin, Texas. In Austin, Texas, they have this thing. You guys know what a drive-by shooting is, right? I've heard of it. Pull up to the corner, bang, bang, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. Austin, Texas, they have something called uh, drive-by poetry. Right, you stop at a street corner, you recite a poem, and you drive away, and that replaces the as- like the act of shooting. Like it is a living, literary Sorry. format that's constantly evolving. Mm-hmm. Sorry, this is actually going on. There's people pulling up. It's an actual thing. Yeah. Drive Here's my poem. Boom, and they drop it on you, and you're just like, no. Whatever you want. That's, but that's the Run point. Everybody. That's the point. It's uh, it's living. It, it's. It's the most evolving and sort of undisciplined literary form that exists. Okay, and that's the first I've heard of that. <laughs> yeah. That is amazing. Um, yeah. But I, I do agree, it does exist on the fringe, unless you're in sort of a, a position to experience it. We've all done Poetry Slam together. We've mm-hmm. all been in that scene. And let's be honest, it was kind of a... It's a scene that... That's, it's, it's a very small scene. We knew who everyone was. For like two, yep. three years, we knew everyone. We knew every sort of the workings, the inners and outers of all the poetry that was done in Calgary. Um, and I think that's just, part of, that's just part of poetry evolving. Let's remember, poetry had its day. Like, let's remember that poetry was the, like, de facto type of writing from, let's say, the... Th- 15th century until the 20th century, right? You had like 600 years where Shakespeare, Dunn, Milton, Wordsworth, Tennyson, they were the de facto writers of the time and their work was what was being read predominantly, right? Unless you were reading treatises on, I don't know, treatment of, treatment of like indigenous peoples in, in Spain or something like that, right? Like it was the de facto form of writing. It had its day, I think. 
Do you think that day is ended uh, as of today? I don't really feel its relevance anymore. To be quite honest, like yeah, I agree. It was a very relevant form but of I just literature. Ex- I just explained to you, it's always evolving. It's <laughs> it's evolving, it's, but it's evolving on the fringes in a way that really is no longer relevant, which is why I say it's dead. Well, what about the fact well, that you did Poetry Slam? Yeah, and has anything changed? <laughs> is anything different? Well, we're drinking colossal wine, let me tell you. We never did that yeah. before. Yeah, I've never made mistakes like this before. <laughs> okay. Until I did poetry, and then... <laughs> well, I think... I don't know. Like, I think poetry... I can't say has always... Because Evan raises a good point that there was a time before we existed when poetry was popular. And some people could argue that forms of poetry are extremely popular right now. Like what? Instagram. Instagram poetry. (laughs) Okay, yeah. (laughs) You'll edit that out, right? No. Okay. Uh, Instagram poetry. One of the best-selling books... Uh, okay, I don't have the figures. Okay, but I know that Rupi Carr's Milk and Honey. I was gonna say Rupi Carr. Yeah, she's not very good. <laughs> and that's so. Here's the thing, right? <laughs> Rupi Carr's book. She became, and correct me if I'm wrong, viewers, listeners, sorry, but uh, she started as an Instagram poet. No, I was so, gonna correct you. Okay, I did not know that. She started as an Instagram poet, and she so her poems are were short. Uh, often accompanied by illustrations mm-hmm. and they were posted on Instagram and she had okay. a huge following on Instagram to the point that when she self-published her book of poetry it sold out immediately hmm. and then was picked up by a mainstream publisher and has since been on the New York Times bestseller list when I was in Portland so she's Canadian wow. Is she really? Well, that's awesome. I, okay, I, I don't want to. She, she either immigrated to Canada or she's a, a first generation Canadian, and I don't, like, I don't know much about Ruby Carr other than her popularity. So I know she, um, she writes about her culture, like her parents' culture. So I, I don't know. I, I haven't read much, but I, I know that she resides in Canada. She is Canadian, yep. and uh, but when I went to Portland. And I went to their best bookstore, which is Powell's City of Books. Hmm. She had her own section. Do they pay you to oh, say wow. that? No, that? they don't need me. They don't need me to say that. <laughs> her own trust section. me. It's that amazing. It yeah. makes me like. When were you in Portland? Uh, Twenty seventeen. For why? Summer. We were driving down to Disneyland. Oh, I, I feel it like Sweet. I feel like it was a personal attack not to invite us on this <laughs> Portland trip. You could have joined us. <laughs> right, sorry. <laughs> we were, it was a stopover. We ended up going to actually Eugene, Oregon. Um, you do that whole great ocean the road. Night. Yeah. Yeah, the best. Yeah. Yeah. America has a lot to offer. But so glad they're more open to business now. So that's one example of poetry hitting the bestseller show. But as Evan says, he doesn't believe that poetry. And we won't be able to hear what Infectious's uh, thoughts were on that poem as they were uh, cut short due to technical issues. Uh, shortly thereafter, we attended an online poetry event and we got back to the conversation. But that will have to wait for part two of the poetry episode here on the Hello Calgary podcast. Bye for now. Thank you.